Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Hey guys, Tristan here from the Extreme Common Sense Podcast. You may notice Ray's not here, because Ray's a lazy bastard. Just kidding, I love Ray, but he's not Good here. Good so day and Dan welcome and to Extreme Common Sense support, and we hope your hosts, Tristan and Ray. Chestnut Street we hope to leave They've got a some of the social polarization behind sort of. and dig so into the gray the area myth of society and, and you politics. They're a great place to buy your when the far left don't miss out. and the far right hate us tell we them will have succeeded Tristan here with the extreme common sense podcast thanking our friends at berea pond we could not do the podcast without the generous support from aaron and robin at berea pond and also my house wouldn't have nearly as much cool stuff without all the items at berea pond so when you're ready for your next furniture gun ammo pallet they have so much cool stuff you're not ever going to regret going to berea pond that's berea pond at 107 clay drive in the old IGA building across from near New Auto Center. Don't miss out. If you're from the area, you got to get into Berea Pond. Hello. According to our research, you like podcasts. Well, if you have a passion, mission, or story, you should have your own podcast. And I have a resource you might be interested in. Go to frontportstudios.com slash products and services. You'll see how Front Porch Studios can help you enter the world of podcasting. Again, that's frontportstudios.com slash products and services. Thank you for your time. Goodbye. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. What's up, Ray? Hey, Trisden. Good to see you here in the studio. Back in studio. Back again. I'm trying to sneak into this corner to get a little more soundproofing, so I hope this is cool. I'm trying to look at you as well. Well, I can't blame you for that. Right. Unlike <laughs> Terry Gross, I don't like to be in a studio by myself. I'm kind of, it's funny because I like the conversation of looking at you and having a conversation, but if I'm trying to make like a long point where maybe it's more than a couple sentences, I will look at something else to focus. Uh, that, yeah, I can the, see that. But then, if, you know, like shorter points, right. yes, it's nice to have the eye contact and, you know, being. Just, a, we're down at Dan's Bad Wolf, uh, in the Bad Wolf studio. We're a bad, bad wolf and I just bought some popcorn from him. And so the kernels are stuck in my teeth. So if you hear me. Picking kernels out of my teeth. Nice. What's better than good popcorn? Yeah, very, very little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. EKU, you do the EKU games. The EKU, like, concession popcorn pretty good? Yeah. Yeah. Is there a bad popcorn? <sighs> but, um, uh, some of the microwave is kind of mediocre. Yeah. yeah. But even that's still pretty good. Yeah, it's still pretty good. But, like, at a ball game, like, usually they got the popcorn machines and they're pretty solid. And it's whole food popcorn. Is it really? Yeah, it's a whole food. Interesting. It's, it's probably the easiest whole food. That's why it doesn't really digest so well, but it is good fiber, a little roughage to help things moving. Oh, how about that? Yeah. At our age, that's something to be conscious of. Our age. I'm 20 years <laughs> older than that. Yeah, fair. I'm right behind you. I, the way I've lived, I'm probably maybe like 10 years younger. Well, that is a number. They call it, uh, I think, like your biological age. Like, yeah. to his credit, I'd say Bill Maher's biological age, though he's 65, is probably 55. Cat sure. gave up drinking. He keeps yeah. him fit. He eats all that whole food shit. He doesn't, you know, he smokes a lot of weed, but yeah. better than drinking a lot. I would think. I, I think, you know, in my biological age, is probably 75. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I like on most Mondays after a Sunday of a couple drinks, 
eating bad, uh, you know, I'm probably 50. And then, you know, by Friday, right. I've worked out all week and I've ate pretty good. And, you know, yes. closer to 40 again. That's funny. Yeah. I do feel pretty good if I've walked a mile, mile and a half, you know. But then when the days that you don't, you just feel like, shit, that's funny. Yeah, so, so true. The, the biological age varies with without your activity of the day. That's funny. Yeah. So uh, I think we're actually miraculously one week ahead now. So everything that folks are listening to. I would say the last like two months, everything we've released has been week of. So our news has been pretty current. So this may be a few days dated, but shouldn't be too bad. Right. And we took a couple of weeks off where you uh, played some interviews of important folks that you had spoken with with yeah, your day which, job. Which I've got which probably 20 cool. of those. So yeah. that's kind of a nice thing. If we want to take a week off, we can just throw one of those. And, yeah. you know, so yeah, at we, least we got some content. We took a couple of weeks off. And as you said, that gave us the opportunity to get a week ahead. So, yeah, it might be a little bit dated, like one of the things that's happening as we speak. And by the time you hear this, I hope to God for their sake that they've solved it. But this clusterfuck in the Republican Party with trying to get a Speaker of the House. I mean, gee, good Lord. As of today, I think as of us walking in here, I think they've had eight votes. Nine. Has it been nine now? Nine. Wow. That, that, nine votes. That's rough. And, you know, we could sit here and be on our high horse and shit on the Republicans and, oh, what a carnival that looks like. But I, honestly, I just feel worse that they're not able to get that done. And also... It's kind of fun. It's, well, <laughs> I mean, think about... It's not think, a little bit fun. Think, right. Think about what Fox News would be doing if this were Democrats. Oh, oh my God. Unbelievable. It would be so. the end of the country. And so, so here's what I will say. Democrats did a marvelously clean job. No gnashing of teeth, no pulling of hair when Hakeem Jeffries took over for Nancy Pelosi. Smooth as a baby's ass. True. No problem at all. It's accurate. McCarthy, here's what I think. Kevin McCarthy believed the Red Tsunami horseshit just like every other Republican did. Red Tsunami, Red Tsunami. So he never thought he'd have to deal with these 20 whack jobs of the right. MAGA, you know, the, the mega MAGAs. Yeah. The mega MAGAs. That's the, it. You know, led by two fourth graders named Bobert and Gates. I mean, these are children. Right. They're morons. And um, um, so, but McCarthy figured he'd have his 60 vote lead. So fuck these 20, which is why, because people are saying now, well, this should have been hammered out over the, this should have been hammered out months ago. Kevin McCarthy had no thought to hammer it out because he was buying the horse crap about the red tsunami. He was going to have That's 70 phenomenal. votes. That's great insight. And now it's nine votes. So he's stuck with these 20 people that are just little children. And that's the point. It is not, you know, they're. To be completely fair, there's a lot of mature, grown folks in the Republican Absolutely. Party. In the Republican Mitch Congress. McConnell is one. Yes, but you're looking at, yeah, it's literally the QAnon, the anti-vaxxers, the nutty right. the fringe in the party that is keeping this from happening. And, you know, you would like to see the Republican Party distance themselves from these folks, but now they're going to have to make concessions. Which McCarthy already has done. Right. And they're still giving them the middle finger. And look, yeah. Tristan, it was not lost on me yesterday. And I'm not all about Democrats are the best and beat them up. I mean, Democrats make a lot of mistakes and the far left loonies are, are right there with the far right loonies. I think the far right loonies, in my opinion, are a little more crazy because they are now stopping government again. They tried to overthrow the government. Not sure where that equivalent is on the left, but they're both out there. But it wasn't lost on me yesterday when our president was standing in our own beautiful Commonwealth, surrounded by Republican Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, Republican uh, Governor DeWine of Ohio, Democratic Senator or Democratic Governor Andy Bashir from Ohio, and Democratic Senator Kentucky. Sherrod Brown uh, of Kentucky, and yeah. Democratic Sher Sherrod Brown of Ohio. Uh, uh, five politicians uh, in two different parties celebrating a huge win getting that bridge done that crosses the ohio from kentucky to 
uh, to Ohio and uh, across the Ohio River. And, and it, it's a bit of that infrastructure bill. So, you know, while the Republicans are just really looking foolish in front of the entire country, Uncle Joe is out there touting another win. Yeah. With, with, with Democrats and Republicans gathered together. Truly a bipartisan win. For, yeah. He just keeps he just keeps going along, you know. The, the right's going to tell us he's addled and drooling, but he just keeps getting these victories. He's the political energizer bunny, bunny, right? He just keeps going and going, and and again, yeah, for everything. I mean, gas is not ridiculous anymore. You know, some of this stuff that they just were hammering him on, and he's he keeps plugging along and doing pretty good, which I think is all pretty any good. of us hoped for. That yeah, voted that, for that's him. exactly right. Am I saying right. he's FDR? Or, sure, <laughs> or or you know Abraham Lincoln? No, but it's been a pretty solid presidency. That's it. And there's just such you know the realities are just crazy. And I the more I think about it, Tristan, the more because you have much more familiarity with it than I do, and I respect your opinion on it because I know you you're you're very involved. You know your wife does her social media thing for us, but you know. Politics have always been divisive. They've always been a, a, a big boy and big girls game, largely a big boys game until recently. And it, it's tough, right? What's the old saying? It's not beanbag. You got to be tough to be a politician. It's 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 tough stuff. But this division, I think, is really has festered further through social media. And I don't pay a lot of attention and I don't know it. So again, that's why I defer to you. But you've been saying that since we started this podcast and I have absolutely no reason to disagree with you on that. Well, it's funny that you actually brought that up. I made a mental note to bring it up and then didn't write it down. Uh, The entire Meet the Press this week was about that. Which was how, and I missed it. I usually watch Old yeah, Chuck. Was you, it a live show? That was Christmas Day or New Year's Day. Uh, so maybe they had pre-produced probably it. a pre-produced yeah. Uh, show. Yeah, but yeah, and it was literally all about how, yeah, the vitriol and what social media has done to sort of instigate and influence all these this negativity and this hatred and vitriol, and it's it really is fascinating, and you wonder where that goes. Well. <laughs> I mean, I think we're seeing it all the time, right? Where it goes. Now, it was funny last night. Hannity had Bobert on and a little bit of eating their own. Oh, man, he was he was hammering her because, really? you, oh, yeah, he was saying, uh, you know, so what is your plan? You're going to nominate Mickey Mouse every day. You're nominating another person. You've only got 20 votes. Isn't it time for you to join in for the betterment of the party? And she's just going off and there's times where they're talking over each other. So, yeah. Wow. But I think it is. And I'm sure for somebody like Hannity, who probably leans more normal than he does irrational, even though, again, he's appeasing the base. I'm sure he would like to see them elect Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House and be done with it, like most folks. Right. I would assume. He he doesn't want the MyPillow guy, you know, called in to be the Speaker of the House. You know, it seems like he does on his show, but I, I agree with you. I think off air, you know, he's, he's not completely unreasonable. But a lot of these guys, and again, is this more... I, look, this may sound terrible... I watch Rachel Maddow. I know she can get long and painfully boring, but she seems to be filled with facts. And it seems like if you debated her, boy, you would have to have every fact. Hannity and Carlson, they just fucking throw shit out there. Well, it's a more emotion. I would say the difference between those two shows is, yes, the Republican Party is, look at them crossing that border, those people. You know, they're really playing to some primal, you know, emotion, whereas, yeah, if you're watching something on CNN, you're probably going to get bored with the facts. And, you know, Tristan, it's so 
telling that you say that, and I've probably mentioned this on here. That's what I always thought, our buddy, it's been many shows now since I've mentioned Rush Limbaugh, but I always thought part of his genius was, so I always thought that conservatism was much more the emotional undertaking, liberalism was much more the cerebral undertaking, and Limbaugh flipped those two things. Limbaugh had his listeners and others believing that conservatives were the brainiacs and liberals were the whimpering uh, emotional people. When in fact, I think that's 180 degrees out of phase, but oh, fuck your feelings. But yes, but, but it's actually conservatives are so touchy feely. I mean, Jesus Christmas, they're touchy feely. There's definitely that element on both sides. Like they're unquestionably, we have our part of the party that, I mean, you don't mention anything about anything that goes against what we think without feeling the rainstorm of whining and crying. And oh, you're talking about like transgender conversations or and sure, stuff from the left? Yeah, yeah, well, you know, that wouldn't have been my go-to, but, you know, climate change or you oh, know, okay. anything. Yeah, that's another good one. Right, right. So, if you try and, or, or maybe even the vaccination. Right. If there is some evidence. Yes. That, yeah. But I definitely think that the Republican Party has made such an effort to brand the the left is the whiny, you know, fuck your feelings party. But man, those people exist so prevalently on both it's sides. It's unbelievable how many. Most definitely they're on the right. It's, like, it's amazing how as many much or on more. the right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. well, and again, I don't do much social media. Now, I did get on Twitter after Elon bought it. Nice. All these people jumping off Welcome. because they were scared of them. Yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, it's going to be fun to oh, yeah. see this shit. Entertaining. So I do have a Twitter account now, but I, I think everything you're talking about, the, the tender conservative must show on on social media all the time. Yeah, a lot. And, and I've simplified my life. I mean, I spent a decade arguing with these people on Facebook and, you know, you'd see something that was blatantly false and you just try to find a little middle ground or you try to have a normal conversation. There's a point where you realize you're not going to have that. So I just started hiding those people. Look, like the people that couldn't engage in rational conversation without just either losing their mind or, you know, you just, you, you can't spend your life. Why do I still text my sister? <laughs> She's your sister, at least. You know, I had a sibling, I'm sure I would too. But, but it is frustrating, especially to your point, people that you care about. And again, the fringe on the left, the fringe on the right, there's just going to be some stuff that they believe that's just lunacy when it comes to basing it in factual reality. And it's, you can't talk to these people. The other day she said that um, the red tsunami didn't happen because of big tech and the mainstream media. So I said, okay, Rini, so you're telling me your red tsunami that you spoke about for literally a year <laughs> didn't happen because of MSNBC and Bill Gates? What kind of fucking delusion <laughs> is that? How about the fact that you stood in opposition to democracy, you overturned a right that was guaranteed for 50 years, we don't take rights away in this country, we grant them, and how about that you tried to, I think I mentioned, you know, kill democracy, the Dobbs decision, and there's a third. There were three things that they, you know, just absolutely... You know, the, the fucking Democrats. Well, they made they made the Republicans look like an anti-democratic party. Yeah. And and they did that really effectively. I mean, I was, um, you know, I, I was shocked at how how successful they were in saying, you know, these people are denying this election. And thereby, if you logically extend that, they're fundamentally trying to alter the American Constitution. They are an sure. anti-democratic party. Yeah. And that message, I thought Dobbs was going to have the the appeal that it did. And I didn't know it was going to be abortion over inflation, which is really how that vote went. It was. But I never believed in that red wave. I think I talked about it here. I always had that doubt that, man, women... 
don't have that short a memory. Well, you just wondered, yeah, have, how motivated they would be. And, and, and they were. And, and again, I was more pessimistic as a Democrat saying, I don't know. I've, I've, I've thought that we were going to get hammered as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you can't, you know, you can't attack the very tenets of American democracy and, and, and not, you know, not pay some price for it. So thankfully they did. But then to say, never look at that, but to say it's big media and or mainstream media and, and big, big tech companies. That's what lost it because they kept the Hunter story out of the news and they buried stuff on Twitter. Oh, my God. So that kind of denial means you continue to lose Races. Yeah. And again, it's everybody who says, oh, the refs cost us that game. You know, there's always an eye roll and the Republicans are becoming the party of the refs cost us the game. You know, it's not our message. Wow. Tris, it's not, I want you to know that we don't rehearse this. Oh, well, that's probably very evident. All right. So <laughs> I snap. I snapshotted this from an article I read yesterday. I'm going to read four pick, quick paragraphs here and then we'll actually get to the reason we gathered today because Tristan has an idea for her show. But, um, all right, so this says, uh, well, basically the gist of this article is how politics has become mashed with entertainment. And that's not a good thing because those are different entities. So getting a lot more Americans interested in politics is not the same as getting a lot more Americans knowledgeable about the workings of democracy or government. It's brought the worldview associated with sports talk radio to politics. You've got a team and you want that team to win and the other team is always the worst and the refs are always unfairly treating your side. Heaven forbid you can see that the other team played a better game. You don't have to look far to find Americans calling for speech restrictions that would violate the First Amendment, gun bans that would violate the Second, and tough-on-crime policies that violate the Fourth. People complain that government isn't doing what they want it to do without caring to examine the very document that lays out what the government can and cannot do. Most people appear to be surprised that it takes time to build consensus and pass legislation. Almost everything else in our lives can be tailored to our tastes, giving us exactly what we want and nothing we don't want. Legislation isn't like that. You're going to have to compromise and get a bunch of stuff you don't want. The hard fact of life is very much at odds with our on-demand consumer culture. Your music playlist, online reading list, video streaming options can be completely customized to your taste, shaped by an algorithm. Legislation passed for the entire country or an entire state cannot. Man, that's such a phenomenal point. And and again, I think you're exactly right. And that quote is exactly right. People are so used to getting their way in most aspects of their life. They want their way in this aspect, too. That's why you see the people that blame the refs when their team loses. I've just had every uh, those single are UK basketball fans. Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. I've just gotten everything I've wanted all day long because, you know, I work a middle class job. I can do what I want. I don't want my team to lose. And I'm mad about it. I, you know, and I don't want my politician to lose. But again, there there has to be a little bit of that going back to you're not as important as you think you are. And you have to share some of this life with the rest of us. And this 20, uh, and and it's not my phrase. I was listening to CNN. I think they came up with it on the spot. uh, uh, Mega magas. (laughs) These 20 mega magas, which is a great phrase, are all about the selfishness of getting their way and only their way. Yeah. That's what they want. And they're ready and they're willing to put this guy McCarthy. And I'm not a huge McCarthy fan, but he seems reasonable. Ish. Uh, Ish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, it's funny you say that because that's how far they've moved. He's actually pretty far right. Yeah. But but because the party is so far down that road, (laughs) that fascist trail, he seems reasonable. reasonable. Yeah. No, you're you're exactly right. So. All right. So we were going to talk about work stories. Yes. Which could be anything. 
anything at all, anything worth uh, throwing out there. So, I, yeah, I just wrote down like a few random uh, happenings. And we actually had some overlapping work experience at, at, at my day job. So, yeah, I've got one of my work stories included you. And, uh, yeah, it's just, just random stuff. But before we get to that and uh, talk some work, what about? And I'm looking up his name right now because I I didn't think about it until we just uh, it, something crossed my mind. It hit me the this congressman that's lying about oh, everything. Uh, um, shit, I can picture him chubby with glasses, yeah. Rowan. I don't think it's Rowan, but um, yeah, I mean it's just well they said he was basically a pariah, even though none of them are officially seated because they don't have the speaker yet. Um, that basically every other Republican was just ignoring this freaking guy, and he was walking around the halls of Congress. George Santos. Santos, and it's, he was he was walking around the halls of Congress just kind of by himself. This is fascinating. Yeah. If you folks haven't heard this story, just give George Santos lying a Google. A Google. And again, he does happen to be Republican. I hate that a lot of our stories happen to pile on Republicans. Right. If he was a Democrat, I would be saying the Anthony same thing. Anthony Weiner was a piece of poop. Yeah, Weiner's a piece of shit. We've, we've got our guys the, on. The ironically too. named Anthony Weiner. <laughs> but he's, he lied about being black, about being Jewish, <laughs> about uh, having a grandmother die in the Holocaust. Like, all these things that were completely provable. It's very bizarre. So I, yeah, so that's a fascinating story. I guess we won't get into it, but I, check it out. Here, I'll tell you a work story. Now, this is one of the best jokes I've ever heard, and it is very off color. So don't be offended. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> one knob turns it on, the other turns it off. But I used to use this with Donna. And I heard this, Tristan, when, I, uh, when Pat Buchanan was running for president. And I used to say... So somebody else would be standing there. And the joke was, did you know Pat Buchanan uh, lost a family member of the Holocaust? So Donna was a very, may she rest in peace. She was a very stoic. You met Donna. I did. A, a crusty 75-year-old yep. with her German blood. And she was, you know, she divided people by race and by heritage. She was a wonderful, wonderfully, uh, <laughs> had a wonderful heart. But Donna was of a generation. And Donna and, and, did what she did. And yeah, and, and you don't love it now when you see it in 2023. But yes, there was a time when people were much different with that. And we appreciate the improvement. Right. But so so I'd be standing at work on the at the counter with Donna and somebody who I had to know pretty well, you or somebody else. I wouldn't do this with just anyone. I would say, did you know Donna lost a family member in the Holocaust? And they'd say, oh, my God. And I'd say, yeah, they fell from the guard tower. Oh, my God. (laughs) Which is a great joke. I'm sorry, but that's a great joke because George Carlin said jokes are the best jokes are about misdirection. Well, that is because (laughs) because people's reaction is always, oh. And then, and she right. would, and she knew it was coming because I did this thirty times to her, <laughs> and she would just go, "Oh, you," <laughs> or or when I'd start to say it, she'd just start shaking her head because you can tell it quickly, Do right? You know, Do you know Donna lost a family member? Oh, <gasps> oh my god! In, oh, in the guard tower, in the Holocaust, oh, yeah, fell from the guard tower. I love it. Feel free to use. It's it. pretty good because it's a pretty good show. <laughs> But you definitely know those people, like right, like obviously 100%. Donna was one of those folks, and who was Donna? Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and I think it always, you know, and I think it pops up on our show pretty often. But, you know, again, what do you do with those people, right? You know, they're old and they still want to work and God love them. You know, they're racist. But, you know, what do you do? Like, do you just say well, you're no longer welcome in society at all? You can no longer work at the counter. So we uh, have sucks. now she didn't use the R word to her to her credit. But, but <laughs> we have a rule that uh, no bumpers under the age of 10. Unless you're, you know, handicapped or special. Okay. So I guess Donna stood at the counter and watched these two young boys throw 
10 gutter balls, five each, or, or six, five frames. So five, ten, ten, ten gutter balls. Gutter ball, gutter ball, gutter ball, gutter ball. Donna was a bowler. So she walks out to the woman and says, Oh, no. She didn't use the R word, thank God. If your boys are special, we can get them a ramp. Oh, no. And the woman went off. So I had to intervene because Donna walked back into the office. And yeah. to her credit, now she's probably 74 at the time, 75. And she says, Ray, you might have to suspend me for a couple of weeks. I said, what are you talking about? So she tells me. And, I, and, oh, no. and when she was telling me, Tristan, I said, oh. Donna, you didn't use the R word, did you? Because I didn't know. I didn't know. She could have. And she's like, no, I use special. So I walked out to the woman. And she was irate. She's like, that's the most insulting thing. I mean, the kids were just fucking terrible athletes, right. I guess. But she did that. So there's oh a true God. work story. So there you go, Triz. All right. Man, so we've segued into work stories. Yeah. Might as well. And that those are both absolutely true. Yeah. And and that's the, the fun thing about work stories. I think you, you, like me, I've worked pretty much since I was 13. Sure. Most of the time. Sure. You know, through school, obviously, it was lesser. But, uh, you know, from the day I graduated, I've worked. And, you know, until now. And you're obviously take your work with a lot of pride. Right. Um, but yeah, I've definitely got some good work stories. One of the few, which I thought you might get a kick out of. And I think this was with some of the employees you worked with, but I think it may have been after you left. Um, it's a little something, probably if you've listened to the podcast, you know this about me. If you know me personally, you definitely know this about me, but I have a tendency to swap vehicles. So what that does is, in a work environment, somebody coming to see if Trisden's around the office won't always know because I could be in a different sure. car. You just never know. So uh, two people that were working in my office, again, after you left, I would think, but also during your tenure, were having a bit of an affair. So nobody was ever there on lunch. So I guess lunchtime was affair time for oh, this no. couple. So I, I don't know. I had had to run out and, and collect a client or something. But I ended up coming back on lunch. But I was in a different car because at some point I had switched vehicles. Well, they didn't know that I had pulled up. So I had walked down to the office where these folks were. <laughs> and this, it was odd because they weren't having sex. But he, the guy had the girl bent over and was spanking her. So I walked in <laughs> to a spanking, <laughs> which was very weird. And what was the reaction? Oh, we didn't know you were here. Like, you know, flopping like a fish to get up and, oh you know, become unparalleled. And uh, so, yeah, I was just like, I'm just going down. You know, I went back across the hall to my office or whatever. But it, oh was, my. Uh, it was pretty funny. It was funny to, you know, and just like funny haha also because of, you know, what it was like. Yeah. We're just going to be spanking each other, you know, in the middle of the day. So that was pretty, that was funny to me. I, Does it, that constitute a sexual act? I mean, I think it was a preliminary. It was beginning. foreplay. It was, yeah, yeah, the, the beginning um, of a sexual act I for think. sure. Or maybe she had just been really bad. And I'll ask you off air, but I <laughs> I don't know what the corporal uh, punishment policy was at the time. I think the same gentleman you're talking about had his own uh, work story when he walked in. On, ah, I had that written down Okay, also. well, you yeah. want to tell it? You're more than welcome, but yeah, the same guy that was doing that. <laughs> This was late after hours. This was seven. Well, no, this was a Sunday, and okay. no, and nobody was ever there on Sundays. Right. And the and the guy who was pleasuring himself lived near <laughs> lived nearby and would often come up. So yeah, and this was in the beginning of probably real consistent internet. Like maybe you would have dial up yeah. still, or yeah. you would yeah. have like the best if you know. And yeah, this guy would come up and and after hours or on weekends and 
help himself to and, the internet. And to set the to, to, <laughs> to set the visual, uh, there were several studios. And this studio, which was the Fox Studio, was probably half the size of this room we're in now. It's very small, and it was completely enclosed. There were no windows, so when you close the door, it was dark in there. Yeah, if, like if six you, by six. If, yeah, six by room. six. Yeah. It was just slightly bigger than a hanging closet. It, it was enough room for a DJ and maybe a guest. And uh, and there were computers in front of you, two or three of them, and he was using one of those computers to rifle through whatever he was rifling through. And oh my gosh! So yeah, so he was uh, having a big adventure with himself using free internet and pornography, and this guy walked in on him doing that because yeah, the door didn't lock; it just no, pushed open. it was just a push open door. Uh, now here's the question because at the time and it was and it was and his pants were actually down to his ankles. Oh he's like, God. "Oh my God! Oh my God!" And <laughs> and and our friend who we mentioned you know before, what? we probably shouldn't have said that it was the same guy because if somebody's listening, they could probably track from that story to know who <laughs> well, this guy was. But he, he uh, so it was a different guy, and definitely the, and, a different. Person. And the older dude who was who was who was pleasuring himself was a strange cat. I can tell I can tell you great work story about him. Yeah. See, here we go. It was like the time we did the. Uh, show on celebrities and, and it just, just kept keep, going yeah but their eyes actually met is what our friend told oh my god. it's like their eyes met he's like oh my god and so he just walked away and then yeah. he kind of tracked him down like hey man he's like i whatever man i don't know <laughs> it was a total accident it did not <laughs> but again uh, and, and this guy was immediately fired but i wonder no 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 no, no. oh he was definitely gone that didn't get him fired because, he was gone like that week. Because I actually fired. Oh, you you talk about the pleasure. I think maybe he got suspended. I actually fired him. It had to be right around that same time. Well, no, was, you know what he got fired for? He got that? fired for throwing coffee, a hot cup of coffee at Mr. Likens. Really? Yeah, because. Yeah, they, well, he was a little bit off. Well, I cut a deal with the owner. I cut a deal with Kelly because he want. I think he wanted him gone, and I cut this deal because he had value to me because he lived right by the studio. So right. when there was bad weather, icy conditions, he could walk to the studio, and he right. had no life. He was married. He was not married. Live with, with kids. His mom, he was. I, think. I, don't, I think he made live by himself, maybe with his mom. That was and, a rumor. And, and he time. wasn't young. He was forty five. Strange dude. And uh, I called Kelly and I said, "Man, I know he needs to go, but can I? He's got a lot of value to me." What if I promise that I'll deal with him? And he said, I never want to hear him on the phone again. If if you can think you can manage him, you got him. But I never want to speak to him. Okay. And I don't know how much longer it was. He lasted another six months or a year. And, See, I and, thought it was much quicker. But again, that's 18 years ago. What When I called him into the office... After he threw the cup of hot coffee, he was pissed at Likens and threw a cup of hot. I mean, that's assault. That's insane. And I was like, I almost said his name. I, you know, <laughs> George, I went to bat for you, man. And I got this. I, I, I have no choice now. You have to go. You assaulted a, a, a fellow employee. Right. I mean, that's assault. You can't throw a hot cup of coffee at someone and hit Ron and covered him. Yeah. And that was when he that's was awful. let go. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. I love Ron so much. Oh, yeah. He's, he's the, the best. best. Uh, yeah. So here's a here. Let me lead you into a work story, and I still find this fascinating. When I started there, the culture was very different than from what it is now. You know, I started with you and you know th that group of folks. It was very madman, madmen esque in that there was like bourbon time every day. <laughs> that might have been my contribution. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm fascinated by that. So one of the first things I think I had a drink with you guys, like like my first week. <laughs> and then the lady who got me hired, Rhonda, was like, listen, you need to be gone from this place at that time. Like, you don't need to be a part of that. 
And I was like, ah, oh, you know, that kind Shit, of people knew that was going on? Rhonda definitely was <laughs> on top of it. But she, she knew everything. But tell me about that. Like, that's a pretty cool... I've probably taken from Lou Grant, man. So back to that studio. It was kind of my studio because the Fox was in there and it was sort of a second production studio. Or maybe it was the first. But I was about the only person who was ever in there other than the production guy. So I used to take a bottle of Jim Beam. I didn't even know bourbon well then. I thought Jim Beam was fine bourbon, which it's not a bad bourbon. But I was just starting to get to know bourbon. This would have been the early aughts. And I started to keep a bottle there. And of course, Jaeger came to work years later who loved his bourbon and and others. And so I would pour shots because, you know, the owner was generally not around after two or so. If he popped in, you know, we could, I, I think maybe somebody kept an eye out, the white Denali, if yeah, you remember that's that. That's it. And um, yeah, we used to, you know, kick back and have a shot or two sitting in the <laughs> sitting in the office. Yeah, I guess that is a little Mad Men esque. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty great. Yeah. Ugh. Well, then the store moved in, short lived. The Indian fellow yeah. opened the store Downstairs. below us. Yeah. And we used to be able to go down there and buy beer, which yeah. made it really easy. Yeah. He was only there about a year, but and I never that saw was so convenient having him there. Yeah, those yeah. convenience stores are convenient. But we ha- used to get mice. Yeah. And a, a listener by the name Bruce Daniels came in one day with this uh, bucket of water with plastic on it. And I was like, what is this? He said, this is a country mousetrap. So uh, you put food on top of the, like picture a spackle bucket with plastic. And then you yeah. put a little bit of food in the middle of the plastic. And the mice will scurry up and they'll get the food. You do this for like three nights. On the fourth night, you put little slits in the plastic. So when they scurry up, they fall in the water and drown. Wow. And you did it and it worked. There were like six or seven mice in there. Unbelievable. Because I was like, man, that's a little weird, you know. But he said, because he heard me talking about mice running around the studio. Yeah. Here he comes. <laughs> that's awesome. Unsolicited. Yeah. He just comes in with this bucket and this, and I'm like, what the hell? He goes, this is a country mousetrap. That's crazy. And it worked perfectly. And I've peanut seen- butter. It was peanut butter and apple. So he took a piece of apple with peanut butter. It wasn't terribly heavy. The plastic supported it. They came up and ate from it. Again, two, three nights. Third night, you slid it. In they go. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Amazing. And there's a lot of those I've seen online, like on TikTok and stuff, where they'll have time-lapsed videos and just all these crazy handmade mousetraps like that. Yeah. It's insane. I think that's what cats are good for. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And I think every business, certainly with food around. Needs an alley cat. Good alley cat yeah. in there running around. Yeah. And he's always going to eat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, uh this one, it's an okay story, but I only had to fire one person in my tenure. Hate it, man. Oh, it's miserable. Yeah, it's miserable. And, uh, so he, there's this girl. And again, I, the problem that I have with firing somebody, it's like he never brings me in on the hiring, never discusses yeah, it. Yeah, right. But I'm going to need you to handle my mistake. Like if I put my leg out, neck out for somebody, that's my responsibility to let him go. Right. So anyway, there was this woman there. God love her. Her nickname was Smokey because she was constantly smoking. I mean, she didn't go two minutes without smoking. Was well be, after me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, a bit after you. And uh, again, like, how do you even find time to work when you're chain smoking a pack of cigarettes every hour? I mean, she was constantly out on the front just smoking away. Right. She was never in the building. Right. And um, she was the type of person. And Lord knows, man, I, I would never call anybody out for needing to borrow a few bucks or, you know, oh, but they, every now and but again. But she would ask. That's she that's would, such an awful. We've had that. It's yeah. rough. But it, and it it's became. terrible. Yeah. So, Habitual. 
habitual. Uh, terrible. Yeah, because again, like the first time, no. you know, you give them the 20 bucks, right? And it's like, yeah, no problem. This is a one-time thing. And then it comes around to like, you find out she's asked every single person on staff. That and sucks. then she's got a tab with everybody. And then like by the time, you know, she's coming back for like the third or fourth borrow. I mean, she lasted maybe five or six months. But it was, I think once we got word, she was also borrowing from clients. You know, you can't, oh, Jesus. You can't have a, no. a salesperson no, that's no. representing your company. That Oh, it's terrible. Is, yeah. And again, not like in so the first So you had to sit with her and tell her? Yeah. And she started crying and stuff. And I felt bad. Like, because she was a nice enough woman, but it was definitely not appropriate, you know, in the work workforce. Fire sucks. I, I mean, I know these people who, uh, oh, I've fired, you know, 80 people and I never minded it. They all deserve it. And I, to me, that gives me an inkling, a little inkling into your character. I hate, I mean, unless somebody blatantly steals from you or does something hard, you know, if they're just an employee who's not great and they're struggling, you got to let them go. Yeah, it sucks because you are, well, one of the, there's a great work story. Jaeger, Matt Jaeger, our, our best buddy, and, and uh, I still work with Matt over at Galaxy. He runs our kitchen. And, you know, nobody's ever going to piss in Matt's ear and tell him it's raining, as my dad <laughs> might say. He was being let go at um, Mix after 10 years. And Barry Fox was the program director. And you know how people always try to assuage their guilt and they use this line all the time. Barry said, you know, it's nothing personal, Matt. And Matt said, no, Barry, actually, it's very personal. <laughs> no, this is what he said to him. Yeah. He said, short of having sex with my wife, there's nothing more personal. You're taking my income away. Don't right. tell me it's not fucking personal. Right. And Barry was just like, okay, well, let's just sign the papers. And then the other thing was he wanted, I'm sorry, he wanted him to do the perk walk. Perp walk. He wanted him oh, to get geez. all his mats all the them. Absolutely not. No, I've worked here for 10 years. I still have my key. I'll meet you up here at 530 and I'll clean out my desk because he had done his morning shift and it was like 1030 in the morning. Yeah. He said, no, Barry, I'm not cleaning out my desk right now. I'll meet you here at 530. Fuck you. <laughs> Good for Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, a nice way to play it. Yeah. A nice yeah. way to play it. Right. I've always respected uh, him so much. He, you know, he, he was always the time that I worked with him, just such a. A helpful guy and a you know good guy to talk to. And yeah, I mean he's got a real strong moral compass, and sometimes to his detriment, he's very black and white. There's very little gray with Mister Yeager, but you know he's a walking Google and he's very 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 intelligent. Always the smartest guy in the room. But his, you know, we had a we had a huge discussion one day at work, which is funny. Work stories. This podcast basically grew out of the fact that I do very little except bullshit, <laughs> and we would sit in the office and we had this conversation about a, you know. Um, prostitution and how, you know, it was just so awful, Matt. I could, you know, and I, and I remember my line to him, which kind of stopped him. I said, what's the difference between a plumber and a prostitute? You think a fucking guy grew up wanting to stick his hands in other people's shit, but it's a way for him to earn his living. I mean, and so, and, and oh, and I think our argument also focused on the difference between it was ex, actually, I remember this a, conversation. Elliot Spitzer, the governor of, of New York, who was from a very wealthy family. Do you remember the woman that he was uh, with? I mean, she was absolutely stunning and this was costing this cap five thousand dollars a night wow to take this escort as yeah. i do air quotes out and she was just off the charts a 10 plus well i don't know if that's comparable to the woman on the street in new york city to matt it was because yeah. of his moral comfort steal a dollar steal a million you've still stolen okay i yeah. get that but this woman is probably leading a pretty good life, like a professional probably business. Like a millionaire it? to the point of, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's a fucking professional business she's running. Yeah. 
And you know what? I remember some of those conversations with Matt at Wallingford. And one of the big things, and and I've never forgot it, and, and I honestly had never thought about it until he said it. Again, not that I've ever been one to partake in prostitution. I don't really care much for strip clubs. Like, I'm just, yeah, no, I, it feels I'm a little, with eh, it's not the best. It's a little sleazy. Yeah, a little sleazy. But uh, he would always, because in Richmond, there's the, like, the Asian massage parlors. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what's around. Yeah. And his big thing was always. Never been? Yeah. No. Never been. No. And uh, Matt was always like, look, there's a difference between finding a crackhead on the street and giving her 20 bucks versus these women that could be sex trafficked in and or underage or any number of things making them unwilling participants in what they're doing. So, again, he may have switched a little bit, you know, from what you said. To, I mean, I'm sure he's completely anti-prostitution. Right. But, yeah, he was, ma- he was making a very big difference between the Asian massage parlors and some of these women that, you know, they could have been crated in and. That's such a phenomenal point. Uh, we actually have, a, I actually know a guy, I won't say where he works, uh, but he frequents the Asian massage parlors. And I've always kind of, you know, ever since that conversation with Matt, I've always thought, man, that, you know, that's, you know, akin to maybe rape if you're going to. Has he talked to you about it? The guy? Yeah. yeah. Is it? He brags it, about it all the is time. Is it what you think it is? Yeah. No. Nope. Exactly what you think it is. Really? Yeah. And, you know, there's. And the cops occasionally pop them? I don't know. I mean, you assume, like I remember you used to seeing the old Richmond Register every I mean, now and again. They'd there's run probably a strong argument as to why I'm sure, you know, if any Baptists listen to us, which I doubt they do, um, <laughs> I'm sure they, oh, I'm going to hit the mic. I'm sure they would be upset at this, but um, there's probably a strong argument or a strong question as to why a, a prostitution is illegal. Sure. It's consenting adults. If it's a way to earn a few bucks, I mean, I, you know. Oh, I've heard a lot of people on the left, you know, like on the far left saying that, you know, we got to stop villainizing and demonizing sex workers. You know, it's a conscious choice if people want to make the choice to do it. And and again, I'm pretty much, you know, uh, libertarian when it comes to exactly, you know, over yeah. 21 and, you know, you're not a felon. Right. And, you know, if you want to do stuff with your body, man, I guess that's up to you. Right. You know, it's funny, Tris, and I've read that porn stars and porn actors and actresses are amongst the most honest people you will ever meet. Well, they don't. What, what do they have to hide? Well, that's that right. Once you're leading that life, what the fuck are you going to be bullshitting about? You yeah. just here it is. Yeah, you're, I'm out you're there on display. Yeah, yes, I would think it kind of makes sense. Yeah, that's fascinating, <laughs> man. So, if you really want to confess to somebody, not the priest, get the porn star. <laughs> <laughs> that would make confession a lot more fun, I think. The, you know, dear Didn't Ron I Jeremy. See you? Oh, God. Well, he turned out a little fucking Yeah, creepy. it was such a shame. Like, I always, you know, you, kinda, uh, you like your, the porn stars that you grow up with in your teen years and you hate that they. How about any. Um, Practical joke porn stars you grow up with in your teen years that didn't get by me. Any uh, any practical jokes at work that you recall? Man, you know nothing is jumping. Well, I can tell this one, and I can I can name the name because he still remains one of the five or three funniest people I ever met. Our buddy Todd Cheney, and we had. um, Did you work? I think it's just before you, Bernie. Must have been just before. Well, he 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 was good. He was very talented. It was just before you. He was about five feet tall, nice. and and he was really high strung. He was a Jewish kid. He was just always really. I'm it, not the first Jew at Wallingford. No, he, Bernie was the other one. Really, and Bernie Shocked was was very uh, on the go. He was what I call the gym rat. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, a studio rat. You know, okay. you have gym rats right. in basketball. He was in that studio every minute, and he wound up in Dallas on a morning show. So he hit the big time, Bernie, Bernie wow. Moreland. Yeah. Good for him. But you don't remember the big window? 
Yeah, so Bernie would walk by. You know, he's literally about five one. <laughs> so Cheney came by one day on his knees with a hat on, and he and Bernie oh, and, and Bernie used to do this little funny thing with his fingers where they bent on. Yeah, and Cheney didn't say anything. He just walked by wearing a similar hat. Well, he crawled by, and his fingers are going like this. <laughs> oh, I said, hey, Bernie, what's going on? Oh, wow. Oh, it was great. Dorf on radio. It was Dorf on radio. Yeah. yeah. And we all knew exactly who he was doing. Oh, God, he's a funny son of a gun. He was, he was, he was one of the three funniest people I ever met. He had his, he had his moments. Uh, one of them involved me. I mean, he's had his ups and downs. I think he's been pretty solid. But Todd is literally one of the funniest people I ever met. If you don't laugh in his company, you ain't going to laugh. That's it. A hundred percent he could have done stand-up. Oh, a million percent. A hundred, a million percent. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He just needs the, the reason backing. I came into radio, like uh, meeting him when I was selling cars at Toyota and was the reason I think I put in a start board hopping and look at me now. Yeah. Yeah. Long yeah. ass time. Nothing yeah. else. And he's done well. Yeah. Over at man. I think he's, so. done, he's done real yeah, well. He's and done I, a I job. yeah, it's Todd's, Todd's an interesting cat. Oh man. <clears throat> uh, see, this is not a work story, but tell me what you think of this and tell me if you would have done the same thing. Was working. Had my neighbor was helping me put up a garage lift like winch situation because I picked up a hard top Jeep that old seventy one Jeepster I traded for, and so I wanted a winch to pull the top off. So you know you take like two guys to do that, but with this winch, it's just sort of a one man job. So I had to go to Area Supply, one of your old yeah, accounts, yeah, that, sure, which is kind of a, what like a plumbing sort of hardware yeah, type store. Yeah. And uh, I had to buy this thing called a unistrut, which I didn't know what it was. My neighbor told me what it was, like a big, long thing to hang across the ceiling. That's so funny, man. brace. I didn't know what it was until we literally we built a new room, and there's a unistrut that's holding to help hold up the uh, the sprinkler uh, to, uh, piping. Okay. A unistrut. So you know exactly I, what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I do. Never had heard of that before. Right. So I bought like this unistrut and like six screws, and I had no idea about any of it. But I was checking out, and uh, the bill was $12.58. So I grabbed the screws, grabbed the Unistrut, go to the house, and I thought, man, that thing was really cheap. And I, I double-checked the receipt, and it was not on there. The Unistrut was not on there. So I uh, Moral dilemma? Yeah. So I called my neighbor, and I was like, man, how much do you think Unistruts cost? He's like, probably about 30 bucks. So I was like, ah, they definitely didn't charge me for that. But I was like, hey sucks to drive back down and i didn't you know and then again also it's like 30 bucks i don't have to pay and then uh well, shit there was one more thing and then i was like and then if i go back what if i get the guy in trouble like i go back and i'm like hey i didn't pay for this and you know that then sounds it, like justification no it was and uh, but, so but anyway so then i go back and i pay for the thing oh you, know, you did so, so i did go back oh good for you paid him for the strut but uh, but yeah, it was tough because again, I you know I had all these reasons. I was like, well, did you ever play? I believe the game was called Scruples. It mm. was big twenty twenty five years ago, and it was those type questions. You know, how would you handle yeah. that exact situation? And, and, and let me preface that also. I'm in a spot, and I always say this. I, I think the morals of people that are are really poor are different because there's a time in my life that I definitely wouldn't have based on where I'm at financially. Yeah, you know, there was a time that that actually it ended up being but, forty bucks. So there was a time that forty bucks would have right. been a whole shitload more. But if, but, but if more, Matt Yeager yeah. were here, or if my dad yes. were here, they still say would have been wrong. Has no, has no bearing that. on it. Yes. right is not. right, and wrong I, is wrong. Yeah, completely. And I don't disagree with that right. at all. I'm just saying I would say I've had situational ethics based on at least I'm blaming it on 
being poor. That that that's true, but also I love the justification, and I've done it. I I, I remember walking out, and and I had got back to Galaxy, and there was a well, no, I must have still been in the parking lot of Meyer, and there was a case of water that they hadn't wrung in. And my justification is long walk back, got a carted in, got to go through checking it back in. It's probably $2 their cost. And I was like, ah, fuck, I buy so much there. What's a free case of water? True. Now, that's completely wrong on my part, but that ju- how we justify. Or the people that cheat on their taxes, oh, the government's always sticking it to me. Yeah. Well, first of all, they're not. And secondly, yeah, a cheat's a cheat, right? If you're cheating true. for a buck or a million bucks. So scruples. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. It's, and I will say this too, like, had it been $10 and from Walmart, I probably would have just said, right. Nah. You know, because again, you do feel as though Walmart's doing okay. Nobody like again, though. That's what I'm talking. No, just, no, no, that's true. You're justifying, yeah. but right. again, in my mind, it's a locally owned business in town that's not, you know, Sam Walton's yeah. daughter. Right. So again, you, there yeah. are some situational ethics there, but oh, that's so funny. But, but yes, to your point, it wouldn't be right either way. It would definitely be no. It's not. It's, it's but not a do, gray area. We, no, we no. It's really not a gray area. Yeah. But we do all justify it. Yeah. So oh, pretty man. funny. Um, man, and uh, this football player, which hopefully by the time this airs will be completely recovered and amazing. moving on. But uh, Damar Hamlin mm. of the um, Bills, uh, yeah, Buffalo Bills. Oh, man, did this. So, if you didn't see the play, Monday Night Football, as you're listening about 10 days ago, uh, made a tackle which looked like a pretty darn routine NFL. Yeah, routine play. Tackle. It was a hard hit, but it was routine play. Yeah, stands up, falls down, mm. and literally died on the field. Right. Was out for nine minutes. Was they? Oh, have they said him. nine minutes? Well, I don't know if he was. His heart was not beating for nine minutes, but he was nine minutes down. So, as they, they were reviving, determined him. yet any kind of neurological? Yeah, I think he. They announced maybe a bit before the show that he is conscious. Um, does have a um, whatever it's ventilator? Called, ventilator. Yeah. So, but he's writing, and he said the first thing he asked uh, when he woke up was, "Did we win?" Oh, geez. The game. So, like you know, sounds like his memory and all of his cognitive functions fine. So, well, probably, yes, he won. He won the game of life. That's what the doctor told him. The doctor said I you think, did win. I, I can't steal yeah. that. I think Ray had sent me that. Yeah. So that was pretty great. But man, it fucking you know, I, I'm not often moved by the news. Sandy Hook got me pretty hard. Um, but that kid, 24 years old, and the amount of good he's done in the world. Well, that's what you and, come to find out. Uh, right. Uh, Kenny Pickett, who's having a pretty good rookie season um, f- for the Steelers from the University of Pittsburgh, was a co-captain with uh, – and his name escapes me. G- give it to me again, Darren. DeMar Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin, yeah. yeah. And they were co-captains in Pickett's junior year and, and in DeMar's senior year. And he said, man, you just couldn't be, meet a nicer guy or a nicer family. And so he, I'm sure you saw the story of his um, foundation, which had yes. like $1,500, and now it's up to something like $7 million. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. It's incredible. A lot of NFL yeah. players pitching. And Ray and I threw in 10 bucks a piece. We, we've sent 20 That's awesome. Yeah, well, we were sitting there that night watching the game and, and, and afterwards watching all that. And, and Raymond saw on Twitter where it was up to like $2.5 million or whatever. And I said, let's each throw in 10 bucks. So, you know, he had it done in 30 seconds How with cool Benmo or whatever. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. But um, you know what? And if that kid needs a million of it for himself, so be it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure he will not need the money. You know, you'd like to think that he's covered. Well, his contract paid him. Uh, somebody went off talking about it. I think he's got a $180,000 contract with no extension beyond this wow. year. So don't quote me on that, but it's not like he's filthy rich from right. playing this no, game. No, so. definitely. But at the same time, I would have to assume there's probably a pretty good insurance clause on something like that happening. I mean, maybe I'm being naive, but hopefully 
I don't would be know. covered if he loses his career. Yeah. I don't know. You, you would hope so. But yeah. um, it was a crazy story. Now, I did. Only Fox would have broached this subject, and I will give them credit. It was on Laura Ingram's show the other night. And the credit is that they didn't go all the way in, but I knew what they were poking at. So they brought Laura Ingram. You know her? Yes. She brought course. Lou Holtz on. Okay. You know, coach, coach. Hey, a real quick sidebar story. Uh, John P. Simer, our buddy, is uh, producing a Lou, one of Lou Holtz's Lou Holtz's shows. Oh, really? Yeah. So pretty cool for our buddy John. Is he still in Lexington? Yeah, still in Lexington. Nice. Yeah, but go ahead. Sorry, Coach Coach, Lord Ingram, and Coach Coach. But Lou was talking about how he was broaching the subject without saying it about how the toughness isn't what it once was, which we all know, but. The question, should the game have been stopped? And and because I, I remember he said, well, my first coach when I was in high school in the late 40s <laughs> had literally been at Iwo Jima. So it was just a different, you know, so so, right. so I'm like, oh, no, is he going to say that they did the wrong thing? And then he said, no, I'm, I'm not arguing with the decision, but, you know, times are different. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But I, only Fox would even broach that subject because if you saw that interaction, it was Zach Taylor, the Bengals coach, who really was uh, instrumental in that game ending because they said they were going to give him five minutes of warming up and come back. And I think Taylor walked over to the Buffalo's coach and said, "This is ridiculous. Do you, if you don't want to play this, then I'm with you." Yeah, these these guys are upset and good for and all the sportsmanship so. of yeah. all the Cincinnati exactly Bengals. Exactly right. All they all handled and the it Bengals the right fans. Way. Apparently, yeah, the Bengals 100%. fans were were very. Yeah. It brought me back to Sam White. It would have been before your time, but I'm sure you can Google it. He was the head coach back in the late 80s with Boomer. Took him to a Super Bowl. The Super Bowl Boomer lost. Nice. And against the 49ers, which they were up, I think, 16-13 in Montana. That might have been the drive. Montana drove them down, and they beat the Bengals right at the end of the fourth quarter. Boomer Esiason was a quarterback. Icky Woods was on that team. But there was a blow-up at the field. You probably never see this today. And somehow... White on the sidelines got a public address microphone and he's he's admonishing the crowd and he says because they're maybe booing and throwing shit on the field snowballs and other stuff and he says uh he says this is Cincinnati this isn't Cleveland <laughs> behave yourselves this is Cincinnati not Cleveland never that's forget that, it I'm, you, I'm sure great. you can sure you can YouTube it. yeah Sam White's admonishing the crowd well, about I would have definitely watched as a Niner fan but uh yeah it's pretty great <sighs> but I tell you what and that reminds me too and this was man maybe six months ago you're familiar with the Savannah bananas oh God the baseball that's it's kind of minor league kind of like kind of traveling yeah, I think circus. they're unaffiliated but yeah yeah like yeah Yes, uh, independent minor league, yeah. I guess maybe they'd call it or something. But uh, fascinating. If you're a baseball sports fan, <laughs> everything I've seen about them has been really fun to and watch. And kudos to the people who came up with these ideas. Yeah. So anyway, this is fascinating. And everybody I've told this story to, I don't know how many people saw it. But they had this big night over the summer where the Savannah Bananas, they were having a like a 30 for 30 special about the team and what all they do. Oh, wow. And then they actually were going to play a game. So this, I think the game was rain delayed. So they st- they were supposed to start with the game, end with the 30-30. Due to rain, they swapped it. So they started with the 30 for 30, which is like an ESPN documentary. And then they went into the game. Well, I guess part of the game and part of the their shtick was – they would bring in Bill Spaceman Lee for an inning. Nice. Who's like 75 yeah, years old. He's not old. a young man. No. So this 75-year-old junk baller, they bring him in for an inning. And uh, 
<laughs> so, yeah, it was great. Google this. And if you're listening, Google it. Yeah. He comes in. This is the big coming out party for the Savannah Bananas, national, nationally televised. It was like on ESPN2. And uh, Bill Lee's warming up in the bullpen and dies. He goes down, same as the the kid Demar. Oh shit! I don't know that. Luckily, story. they had people on staff. Oh, okay. Exactly the same. Revive Spaceman. Wow. But there's like this twenty minutes where you're looking at these players, and this again is supposed to be a traveling circus. It's like a lot of fun. It's all about dancing and music, and like these kids are just crying their fucking eyes out. Wow. It's so sad. So Google Spaceman Lee and the Savannah Bananas. It was so reminiscent to that. Now again. Bill's lived his life yeah. well enough. You die at 75. You're still a little young, but you'll take it over 24. Right. But I mean, even at, you know, at 75 years old, these kids are just, you know, they're all bawling their eyes out. And then they That's have to crazy. finish the game with all these dance routines and stuff. And they did finish the game. I didn't know that story. How long ago was so that? so bizarre. It was within the last six months. It was like wow. it's summer, late, summer or fall. I don't know this how year, that one escaped year. me. That's crazy. Tristan, yeah. I will definitely look that up. I, I remember Spaceman Lee pitched for the Red Sox. Yeah. Because his famous quote was when they first brought Astro Turf, he said, I ain't going to play on anything horses won't eat. <laughs> That's my, he's got a lot of great quotes. But yeah, it's, man, it was fascinating TV for like an hour. Like I think my wife and I were arguing and she was in the bedroom. So I was in the living room by myself. Just like, who do I tell? Like, this is so much at once, you know, from, and again, like going from somebody being gravely injured to back to football makes a little bit more sense. But these are like college age guys that had to go out and like do dance routines and stuff. After That's they crazy. Just watch their friend almost That's crazy. Die. Man, it was the wildest now, thing I, I've ever seen. I do uh, recall, and it was it was Adam Schefter, who's a young guy, but when uh, when the young man from the Bills went down, they were talking about, oh, this is unprecedented. And I'm going, no, no. It, it, I knew it was Chuck, and I knew it was a Detroit Lions, so I Googled it. It was Chuck Hughes in 1971. He's the only NFL player to die on the field. Wow. He had a heart attack. Now, they uh, credited it to um, – Blockage or arterial yeah. sclerosis. What's that big word? Arterial, arterial sclerosis. sclerosis. Yeah, thank you. Arterial sclerosis. He he had a fairly advanced age for a young man, undiagnosed, and so he had a massive coronary on the field, and he died. But I remembered that because I used to get Sports Illustrated as a kid, and I believe he was on the cover, and the article was in there, and and so you know it was unfortunately not unprecedented and man there's been others Tristan Hank Gathers do you remember oh, that yeah. name college basketball Jesus Christ died on in midcourt for Loyola Marymount yeah uh, and that's the thing man you know there's just these sports are so intense you know runners will die of heart attacks you know yeah. a lot of major marathons people will go and it's Man, you're pushing your body if you're playing a professional sport. And again, it doesn't happen every day, but it, it people know the risk. Yeah. Know there's some risk there. I had a friend who used to have a shirt that said, I'm never going to die jogging. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Which is good. Now, do you know the name of the one baseball player killed? Uh, it was the 1920s. So uh, Ray Chapman. Oh, yeah. He was, he I've was, heard He that. was hitting the head with a fastball. Back then, they just wear their cap. And I think he lived maybe two days and succumbed to the injury. Yeah. Hitting the head with a fastball. And I don't know the pitcher that hit him, mm. but I'm sure it wigged him out. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Killed well, him, man. And then to go back to the toughness of the old days, too, there was the guy that uh, was struck by lightning on second base and continued to play the game after. I don't he think was, I know that story. He was revived. Ah. 
and finished the game. It may have been Good World Christmas. Series, but yeah, Google, you know, lightning struck Major League yeah, Baseball funny, player. You, know, you don't think about that too much. It's a huge open field. It's a yeah. pasture. I mean, it's a, that's why I said last week when I ticked you off a little bit, it's essentially at its core a redneck game. Still was, not a redneck game. It was kids It was kids in middle America that came up with this thing where you could go with it. I mean, it's a it's a cheap game to play. Sure. If you, you just need a fucking stick and some kind of a ball, it's not an expensive game to play. That's true. And it's a, it was largely played by poor people in the middle of big fields. They would have been subject to lightning. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, and, I, and you wonder at what point Major League Baseball would have said, "Hey, there was lightning way over there, sure, the field," which probably wasn't until like the forties or fifties. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably later than that. I mean, hell, yeah, yeah no, it's crazy. Oh, pretty fascinating. All right, so one more work story. Okay, let, let me go through. Let me let me find my best one. I wrote a few down. So funny. Oh, let's see. <laughs> All right, I'll give you the. <laughs> Let me let me tell this one, which is just a super quick one, and then I'll let you pick the one you want to hear. Okay. So Obama was elected. Were you still at Wallingford the night? Oh, no, oh eight, yeah. Yeah. So do you remember what was said oh, on God, air? You yeah. don't have to say who of said course. it. Of course. Of course. The person on air said I, black folks have not been this happy since the OJ verdict. I, I was shocked. That was on I was, our I was on the air with him. Wow, that was unbelievable. Or her. Yes, him, him, him or her, him. It was <laughs> I, I literally just stopped like and my jaw open. <laughs> that was wild. Um, yeah, we would have uh, been canceled had it been a little later. I'll, so I'll tell you, this is one of my favorite uh, work stories. I'll just tell it really quick. Say that. I won't. I'll drag it out. I had a client. Nice enough guy. Quit paying his bill. Sometimes clients do this for whatever reason. Personal troubles. Maybe the business isn't doing as well. And like, you know, they'll pay for six months. They'll stop paying. Now, a lot of times as the pretty good employee that I am. I don't always notice that right away, you know, maybe three or four months before I notice something like that. So we start calling him and he responds. He actually paid like a little bit, but he still owed like two grand, two or three grand. And long story short, he's basically just like, look, I'm just not paying the rest of that. Like, I don't feel like I owe that. You told me I was late on some and I paid a little bit and I think that should be enough basically. That's funny. So we ended up, we took him to court this long drawn out small claims process in the middle of COVID. And now the problem with COVID small claims court is you're doing it all via zoom. So massive pain in the ass. So we take him to court, we win, he pays us, writes me this nasty letter saying, you basically didn't feel like he owed the money, that kind of thing. And so (laughs) I waited probably six months and we really got rolling with WBON on our TV side of our, our broadcast company. So I write him a letter saying, man, I'm really sorry about how all this went down. You know, you know, I didn't say you didn't owe the money because he did owe the money. But I was like, you know, if you're willing to give us another chance, (laughs) this was after the meanest letter you can imagine. You know, cram your radio station up your ass. You know, know, not a happy letter. But I, I said, this is a testament to at least the, the sales balls I have. And uh, he was nice enough to respond, and he's been running now for the past year. No shit. Again, after after court and everything else. So it's a great freaking client. That's now. crazy. But, uh, yeah, so that that's probably my best, like, salesman that's story. That's great. Of, uh, yeah, sales. absolutely. Yeah. That's what so. I'm going to have to ask you off air who that is. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That is funny. Oh. All right. So work stories. So I'm sure you all have many of them because oh. there's – 
Oh, they're endless. You, you got one more? You got one more good work story? One I, story? I just think way back when I was a kid, the one that I liked, that's why I asked you about practical jokes. I worked in an office in the 80s, you know, the, the me, me generation, which I was, that was still when I was going to my Grateful Dead shows around the same time. But I, I won 4A into the corporate world where I put a shirt and tie every day. I went to work for a, an employment agency just out of college, still in New Jersey. And uh, there were four or five guys in the office. And one was... Um, Chris Cicchini. He was a short little Italian kid, good looking kid, uh, always dressed real nice and kind of a go-getter. I'm sure he's done well for himself. I'm going back how many years now? Almost 40, for Christ's sake. It's probably 85. Um, but he was kind of a pain in the ass. He and I just didn't hit it off. He was he was one of the, the Reagan youth that was all about his stuff and, and his way. And, you know, he was real driven and that probably served him well. So, there were about nine offices. We worked in Morristown, and the headquarters were in Scotch Plains, New Jersey. New that's, Jersey, right? That's where the that's where the Pomerantz's was. And once every three weeks, one of the three of us would go down. Uh, it was a pain in the ass, but you'd get out of the office, drive down to Scotch Plains, and Mary would meet with with us. Probably like nine or ten guys. Nice. So I'm going this one day, and he gives me a, an envelope, and it says Mary on the envelope, and it's he said this this is really important. You got to get this to her tomorrow. All right. So he leaves the office before I do. I'm still there, and it pops in my head. I, I didn't look at what his note was because I didn't really care. I'm sure he didn't believe me, but I unseal the envelope real, real easy, and I take his note out, and I take it with me, and I put inside the envelope, gotcha, and I leave it in the exact same place where it was on my desk. Now, I'm not there, but the guys told me, he comes, that motherfucker, <laughs> goddamn that asshole, I knew he'd forget. And he opens it, and it says, gotcha. Then when I, he was such a dick that when I got back to the office, I said, ah, uh, he was like, oh, no, I knew you, you didn't know oh, shit. Yeah, Just admit that. that yeah, I got own you. It, it was a great it. one because they own it because they yeah. said, oh, man, he was wigging out. He hadn't even opened it yet. He just looked that son of a bitch. Damn him. That asshole. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I that's was good, I was always proud of that office one. prank. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah, it was probably my best prank. That was that was. a Oh, no. I'll tell you what was a great one. Our buddy Yeager. This was funny, too. I got to give Brandon our. Uh, our, you know, professor from Gilligan's Island credit because I think it was his idea. So we all went and we took the uh, food test at the Madison County Board of Health, okay, over <laughs> on uh, Boggs Lane. And they said they would mail us our results. Well, they all sort of came together. Matt wasn't in the office. And it's, uh, I mean, basically, if you have a pulse, you'd pass the test. Not a hard test. Sure. You need to get like 96 or something. Wash your hands. So... There's a few things, there's a few little yeah. terms, and there's temperatures, and that's what made it funny. So we open Matt's up. He's off Wednesdays. They must have come on a Wednesday. And Brandon goes in and just meticulously, I think, photocopies it. And he had like a passing grade, 98, and he, and he puts an 88 on it. And it just looks great. So we seal the envelope back up, and we're all sitting there. It's me, Lucas, Brandon, maybe Andrew. And... Uh, like, hey, hey, this came yesterday, Matt. We all passed. You know, we certainly didn't want to open yours for you. So we're watching, and he opens. And he's like, damn it. It was those fucking temperatures. I knew those temperatures were going to get me. So he thought he had failed the test. And we're like, did you fail? He's like, yeah, man, look at this 88. It's, I failed the test. It was the temperatures. I'll never forget it. Oh, that's and, funny. And we were like, hang on, man, hang on. Yeah, those two, they were good. Oh, that's pretty good. Mm. So I guess I'll cap my uh, my work-related stories. This didn't involve me, but it was my company or our company. You may have been here at this time. I don't know. Uh, we had a, an extra sleazy sales guy who you know exactly who I'm talking <laughs> oh, about. Yeah. Was fired for soliciting prostitution from one of his clients. Trying to. And, yeah. and the client was mad 
because of course she wasn't a prostitute and as that would do would probably <laughs> piss you off do it. some sleazy guy but that, that was pretty funny I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, Tris. I am going to open up since we have to get out, and I'm just going to read the first one. All right. First, the good, the bad, the terrible dad jokes. Brought to you I'm by. Just, uh, brought to you by. Well, let's see. Yours is our buddy Aaron at Bria Yes, Pond. so this is brought to you by Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Boy, why are chemists great for solving problems? I don't know. They have all the solutions. Ah, Very nice. Dad jokes. Hey, you know what I was thinking? What's that? With your permission, I might like to add a, a little segment, and I have no idea, oh, but I, I, I got this book for Christmas that's got Einstein on the cover, and it's like 1,582 random facts that will amaze you. Very cool. And I haven't read the first one. Yeah. I, I put it in the bathroom because it's a bathroom reader. Yeah. And I was doing my business the other day, and I looked, and I said, man, maybe that would be cool to read one fact. And, well, sanitize and, and it before be, you bring it in. But yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> save cell phones. Like 80% of cell phones have fecal matter on them. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. That's awesome, though. Yeah, definitely bring it in. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll read that to start the show. Sounds good. A little, we'll, we'll, a little fact factoid. We can, we can give that one to Troy at Front Porch Studios. There you go. Cool. I like it. All right. So, yeah. So, uh, so thanks, Bad Wolf. Thank Berea Pond. Buckshotled.com. 107 Clay Drive. Bad Wolf Gaming. Right here where we are. Come see where this magic is made. 7-Eleven Chestnut And Nate, are we still thinking Nate? Uh, what's, oh, we're always thinking Nate. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And, because, again, he's given us actually... Uh, more work for for the same money. So that's mm-hmm. I got to pay him, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. We appreciate you paying Nick, yeah. by the way. Um, so yeah, I've got some. Uh, I wrote some future headlines. Nice. Since it's the very beginning of the year. Okay. Future headlines. Cool. That aren't happening yet, but that will happen in sure. the future. Okay. Cool. So I just wrote a few random ones of these down. Uh, Donald Trump impregnates porn star. Fox News immediately blames Hillary's emails. <laughs> Or the porn star. <laughs> yeah, damn yeah. porn star. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband attacked by man-wielding MC Hammer. <laughs> he doesn't have much else going on, so why not? Uh, no. As tornado season starts in Texas, Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz flies to Caribbean for two months. Yes. Unrelated, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Herschel Walker walks back earlier statement. Excuse me. Earlier statement apologizing to vampires, admitting in certain situations they could in fact beat werewolves. Fair. I think so too. Uh, oh, this is a good one. The Reds win the World Series. Yes. Oh, no, I have my thumb on the OX. The Red Sox win the World <laughs> Series. Not the Reds anytime in the future. But if we were doing 70s past headlines, maybe, maybe yeah. that would be one. Oh, let's see. After the worst summer for mass shootings in the history of the U.S., a bipartisan commission holds a special session of Congress to announce once and for all that Coke tastes better than Pepsi. Mm. (laughs) It does taste Mm. better than Pepsi. Oh, let's see. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Kanye West announce engagement. Nice. That's pretty good. That is actually perfect. Yeah. That would make perfect sense. I like that. Yeah. They'd be a cute couple. They would. That could happen. Marjorie. Yadri Green. Yeah. Marjorie. Marjorie. There's a a cute name in there. Yeah. All right. And uh, let's see. Joe Joe Biden passes landmark legislation, then immediately trips over his own shoes and falls down. So there's some future headlines for you, brought to you by our friends here at Bad Wolf Gaming Studios, Bad Wolf Gaming. Um, 
we won't have to go on about them. You can just listen to their that's commercials. Right. I hear it. Yeah, so. That's very well done. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Triz. We're out, man. Great. Good seeing you, man. Take Enjoy care. Enjoy the week. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Troy. Thanks, fellas. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week. 